0: Welcome to Senior Moments on ninety-three point one CFIS FM. Hi, we're here.
1: This is Senior yeah, Moments on the air. with and Sharon and Judy. Just, I'm
2: just answering the phone here.
1: Uh, so, welcome, and a sunny day—the first sunny day we've had for ages. I'm going to put you right So, our first guest is on the line, and uh, it's one of our—it's one of our favorite uh, community services, the Prince George Community Foundation. Mindy? Hi. Good afternoon. Hi. Mindy, what's your last name? I didn't write it down. Mindy Stroet. S-T-R-O-E-T? That's correct. Oh, good. Well, I should have written it down because I know how to spell it. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. So what a beautiful day. What a great place you work for. And uh, I wanted to talk to you about some of the, um, things that I read on an article I got from the foundation that just kind of blew me away. And, and I don't know if, um, most of us in town know about the stats that you gave under certain, um, uh, headings. Like, one in five kids in print storage live in poverty. Mm-hmm. How can that be? Ah, uh, yeah. This, um, it, this is yes, Prince George. It, it, I know. I know. And then one-third of the food bank uh, users are children. Mm-hmm. And it's just like when I was reading that, I'm thinking, what's the matter with us as a community? Why would we um, let uh, children go hungry? And, um, and that's part of what um, you provide money for. Is uh, to help these children.
2: Yeah, um, I mean, and help support some of the charities in town who are supporting these uh, families um, and children mm-hmm. um, as best as we can. Yeah. So. Yeah, and so that information is from our 2019 vital signs study. So we're hoping that, um, you know, with the new census information out, we could refresh it um, over the next year or Mm -hmm. two and see what the data is now.
1: Yeah, and see if we've managed to make a dent in -hmm. that. Because um, no child should go hungry, and every child, I think, we are all responsible. Well, what did they say? It takes a community to raise a child. That's right. Yeah. And yeah. so the other stat I read, and I don't know if it's still, um, true or not, but, um, we have the higher, uh, proportion of people with less than a high school education or no post-secondary education than anywhere else in BC or Canada. Yeah. Is that still holding true? or Well, you'll know that when the stats come out, I guess.
2: That's right. So, again, like this study was done in 2019 and was based off of previous year's census data. Yeah. So when we get the new information, we'll be able to refresh this.
1: Because we've got the university now, but um, we, I was just talking with my colleagues here before we went on air about, well, pa- part of the reason for that would be kids getting good jobs you know, um, in high, from high school when, and leaving high school because of uh, good-paying jobs in the lumber uh, business, which is dwindling now, and that might change. Yeah. Uh, people might start to realize that we have to start to uh, train people to work in uh, alternative energy and in uh, computers and all of that stuff that we're changing into now as, as a society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And the other, um, one is that we have more than doubled the Indigenous population. We have 15% to that of Canada or BC. BC has 6% population of Indigenous people. Um, and that's in Prince George, not, that's not in the surrounding area. No, yeah, that's
2: Prince George area. Yeah. So, yeah, we have more than twice the aboriginal popul- population, um, with the 15% in 2016, yeah. um, according to census. It will be very interesting to see if that has gone up yeah, um, or where that number stands.
1: You know, I um, and there is a way more services uh, that are provided now. Um, And they're by the certain bands, not just the uh, Native Friendship Center, but there's offices all over that um, have people from different bands, which is also good. And I just passed uh, this morning something I hadn't seen before, which was a Métis um, job um, place looking for jobs for Métis people. And Mm -hmm. I got to go back and check that out uh, because I hadn't seen that one before.
2: Yeah, it's um, incredible, and I mean, I, as you may know, we have the chief on our board now. So really, looking to how the foundation can work with in, the indigenous communities in Prince George and help support um, the work that they are doing.
1: Yeah, you know, when when people talk about the indigenous uh, section of our society, and and um, there's there's a uh, a word they use, victim. And you know, there's, if you look in the dictionary, if you look at the difference of the meaning of victim and victimized, and this is a, a, a whole culture that's been victimized, and because I think they're so strong and so uh, individual, and um, they're very uh, proud of their, you know, um, heritage. But, if you look up victimized, you can see that see this is what's happened, and they're not victims. Uh, that was something I just kind of looked up the other day and thought, mm, why are people calling them victims when they've been victimized all, all through their uh their uh, time um, of being colonized but that's just a little one of my research projects that I'm working on <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's very interesting, yeah, and so the Prince George Community Foundation. It was founded in 1995. Yes. And it has endowment funds, uh, and and you uh, cover Prince George, but you do advise and support other uh, community foundations in in uh, our area. I think
2: that's correct. So we have about 15 regional. Uh, funds or partners with communities um, around Prince George and Northern BC. Right. So we provide we in, invest the funds together. So we pool all of our investments together to hopefully earn a higher returns. Um, and we provide oh. administrative support for all of these communities. Um, they. However, the majority of them have their own board of directors or are working through their municipalities. Mm-hmm. Um, they are responsible. They do all their own fundraising, and they do all of their own granting into their
1: community. Oh, cool. That's mm-hmm. very smart.
2: Yeah, it's wonderful. It's been a really great um, partnership. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you saw, but just before... Um, Christmas, we announced that the Williams Lake, um, had created an endowment fund with us as well.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And so that means everybody, um, can, uh, focus on, I think, like, food safe is one of the things that we've been talking about recently with the fires and the floods and the, you know, the highways closed down and we need to look after ourselves up here in the north and there's uh-huh. there's groups of people in town here who are organizing to uh, try to build something where we have food safe it's it's about coming together and working together to help each other working in isolation is just not healthy and it's not beneficial beneficial to anybody
2: No, and I think, I mean, through the foundation's work over the last, you know, 12 months, 18 months um, with the pandemic, a lot of, you know, we've had the good fortune of being able to distribute, um, you know, a a lot of funding from the federal government for COVID relief across northern BC and um, being able to help these communities Mm -hmm. and the work that they are doing Mm -hmm. is, uh, it's really incredible.
1: Yeah, you know, sometimes um, uh, something like COVID, uh, a crisis, it, not sometimes. I would say all of the time. When there's a crisis, people do come together. And uh, whether it, it's a bad thing that happens, the good thing that comes out of it is um, developing new ways of working together. Mm-hmm. There's always something positive you can find somewhere. Um and so, what are the areas that uh, you f- you focus on mainly? You know I know it's health. Yeah, so we have six categories, so we have um health,
2: education, the environment, um, sports and recreation, social services, and arts and culture.
1: okay, and um, is it just nonprofits that can apply for this, or can anybody apply for it?
2: Yeah, so it's registered, um, charities mm-hmm. under CRA rules. However, um, there is opportunity for nonprofits, um, to partner with registered charities to apply. Um, and applicants can apply for up to $10,000. Um, and our spring grant cycle is actually opening on February 1st.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do they apply for that, Mindy?
2: So they can go to our website. Um, it's on there under funding programs and grants. And then the application guide is there and the application form.
1: Okay, great. Yeah. So nonprofits can apply with, no, um, mm-hmm. just ordinary everyday people who have an idea of doing something can partner with a nonprofit to apply for funding. Is that what I heard?
2: So, if the nonprofit is, there's a little bit of rules and we would have to have a conversation about it, but saying like a nonprofit could partner with a registered charity um, to do the project.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. And um, now, what was the other thing that I was worrying worrying myself about that I needed to talk to you about? Mm -hmm. Well, about seniors. Let's talk about seniors. Because seniors are. Are kind of um, going by the wayside, being isolated and and with this covid and um, and so are are you uh, focusing well that would go under health?
2: It would yeah um, and we actually we funded um, last grant intake I'm just looking it up, I believe it was the elders. Um, Recreation yeah. Association. We provided some support to them, mm-hmm. um, so they are they are able to apply to the foundation. And again, if like any ideas or questions, they are you know happy to chat with them and help guide them through the application. But mm-hmm. absolutely,
1: um, we support seniors. Yes, and last year was the twenty fifth year, I believe, That's or twenty twenty right. one. Yeah, yeah right. It's 2022 this year. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll get used to it. And, <laughs> and uh, I think that you accumulated quite a bit of money, like $3 million or something like that?
2: so we um so we launched a 1.5 million dollar endowment campaign for our 25th anniversary mm-hmm. and we announced um in September that we raised 1.7 million dollars
1: oh my goodness
3: yeah it's incredible
1: and how do you do that how how does the foundation raise that money just so a lot of it
2: came from individuals, mm-hmm. um, and um, a lot of our fund holders and supporters um, all contributed to the success of that campaign. Um, and, you know, we're incredibly grateful for their support, especially throughout the pandemic.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's, um, and so now you're starting your campaign, uh, well to give away money in uh, February, February 1st?
2: So the application opens February 1st, okay. and the deadline is March 15th.
1: Oh, okay. So we got until yeah. March, and yeah. and uh, everything's online, so that's a good thing. And um, we haven't been able to have a Citizen of the Year. How How is that happening?
2: So right now it's, still on hold. We're having conversations, you know, this month and next month about if we could proceed this year or not. So mm-hmm. I would say stay tuned. I know a lot of people in the community are really interested and um, we're just kind of waiting to see what restrictions might be in place so that when we come back, it's safe for everyone.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and so... Um I think it seems to me that you have some uh, organizations or companies that donate to to the Prince George Community Foundation that are people who have businesses in our community. What was that that one I can't remember the name of that one company that gave you an awful lot of money.
2: Oh, KPMG is yes. our platinum sponsor. Right. Yeah, so they are um they've been a partner for a long time and we're you know, really grateful for their long-standing partnership and mm-hmm. the support that they give to the foundation.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, so you have different levels. That's right, we uh, do. Oh, okay. Uh, do you want to talk about any of that? Uh, Gibson, yeah, so yes.
2: we have a number of different um, sponsorship opportunities. So you can, I mean, give at our, um, you know, annual sponsor so supporting the foundation throughout the entire year where mm-hmm. you can give specifically to an event so we have um the farwick golf tournament that is held at the prince george golf and curling club on the september long weekend mm-hmm. um we are hosting prince george live again this year um and we are just confirming the date but there's sponsorship opportunities Around that, mm-hmm. um, we also are, you know, thrilled to partner with Miracle Theater again and be the beneficiary of their production. And all of the funds this year from the production are going to establish an endowment fund for the Prince George Hospice Palliative Care Society <gasps> with the foundation.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Oh, because the hospice has to work so hard uh to uh uh raise you know they only get so much funding from the government and then they have to raise their funding oh that's wonderful mindy
2: yeah it is it's incredible we're we're very grateful to uh Anne and ted for um for thinking of the foundation and thinking of the hospice um society and all mm-hmm. everything that they do for the community
1: mhm yes yeah now what's p g alive
2: So Prince George Lives, so we did this last year, Um, so I'm not sure if you recall, but when the pandemic first hit, we did what was called a stay-at-home gala, so people could buy tickets online and there was a performance Mm -hmm. um, of local entertainers. So last year we took that idea and we broadcast it on Prince George Live. Mm -hmm. So it was a free event for the entire community. It featured local entertainers and artists. Um, People could order meal from farmhouse catering if they wanted to. There was a silent auction that supported local businesses, um, and it was a great evening for everybody. What we're looking at doing this year is if we could take that Prince George Live idea mm-hmm. and do something in person. Mm-hmm. So we're just, you know, we're, we're really close to being able to announce something. <laughs> uh, so I would say follow us on Facebook or Instagram or our website, um, and we'll, we'll be announcing something soon.
1: Have you ever heard of a come-as-you-are party? No. Well, my mom and dad, um, they, they used to do things like that because of, uh, you know, there was no TV, there was none of this stuff. And so, uh, someone who's, a couple of people who's arranging the party would make a list of people to call and they would call them at different times of the day. And whatever time they called them, they had to come dressed as they were. Oh, okay. And so if they were getting ready for bed in their pajamas, they had to come in their pajamas <laughs> to the party. Oh. If they were just getting out of the shower, they'd have to oh. come. <laughs> That's a fun idea. Well, I just thought I should share it with you because I'm thinking, that wouldn't that be fun to have people in all kinds of undressed dress? <laughs> <laughs> You would probably have to give them a little break if they were coming out of the shower. You can bring hey, your bathing suit. <laughs> <laughs> but that might be something you want to put in the back of your mind for some because this sounds like such a fun thing. And and um uh, and then Miracle Theater, yeah, we know about them. And and uh is there other uh things that are happening that raise funds just for you guys? Is Miracle um, Theater so the we, last... Well,
2: I would say that I can't tell you right now. We're oh. working on something big. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me come so, and help you. <laughs> again, and I feel like I've said this all morning, is like just stay tuned. Stay tuned to our <laughs> website. We are really excited about um, some of the things that we're working on and uh-huh. we can't wait to share that with the community.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's probably a good thing. And. Um, now, as far as uh, volunteers go, do you do you take volunteers?
2: We do. Um, so we don't have a huge need for a lot of volunteers, but especially around our events. Uh, yes. So Prince George Live, Miracle Theater, the golf tournament, um, that is all opportunities for volunteers to get involved. Okay. Um, and, I mean, I would say that probably in the future we might need more, but... Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Well, you can just let us know, and I know that there's people who would be more than willing to jump in and help out uh, for these kind of things. Okay, well, is there anything else that you want to share with us and, uh, before we go? No, I think this is great. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, well, it's been great, and uh, we'll, we'll be sneaking up on you to see how things are going and what you're putting on, and uh, let me know if we can do anything to help. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, okay. and and so uh, we'll take a short break, and we'll come back and just have a chat for uh, a few minutes. It's a senior moment. If you're
0: looking for those long forgotten rock songs, we then tune in to, in to Beneath there. the Grooves. I did neither, but I felt that every she was Every Saturday done. night at eight for deep cut rock tracks from it's the '60s to the '80s. About. Hear from well-known artists like the Moody Blues and the Alan Parsons Project, as well as obscure Uh, acts like Sugarloaf and Madrigal. It's the bands you love, but the songs you've forgotten on Beneath the Grooves. Saturday nights at 8 on 93.1 CFIS-FM.
4: The Prince George Symphony Orchestra's next kinder concert is Morris the Moose, Sunday, February 6th, in UNBC's Canfor Theatre. Kinder concerts are a great opportunity to help your youngster discover the wonders of classical music. Tickets are only available online through the subscriptions uh, 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 and tickets link at pgso.com. While there, please review their COVID protocols on the health and safety page. Then enjoy the next kinder concert, Morris the Moose, from your Prince George Symphony Orchestra, Sunday, February the 6th at 2 in UNBC. Can for theater
0: a message from the War Amps. When you use a war Amps key tag, you protect your keys. If you lose your keys, the finder can call the number on the back of the tag or drop them in any mailbox. And the war ass will return your keys to you for free. Order your key tags today Strokes. at warams.ca. So. and make a difference in the lives of me
1: We can like talk me. about
4: Thank you. Forecast from Environment Canada for today, mainly sunny. Wind up to 15K, a high of minus 8, with a wind chill to minus 13. Tonight, partly cloudy. Wind continuing, a low of minus 12, with a wind chill to minus 16. On Wednesday, a mix of sun and cloud, becoming cloudy in the afternoon, with wind from the southeast at 20, and a 60% chance of flurries, a high of minus 4, with an afternoon wind chill to minus 12. Brought to you in part by Riverbend Manor, you're listening to Senior Moments on 93.1 CFISFM.
2: FM. Okay, Sharon, we're back on the air.
4: So, Mindy <laughs> Stroat. Yes. Uh, not only with the Community Foundation, but she's also involved with the BC Summer Games. Oh. Yeah, oh, and they're oh. starting to get organized and oh. to move forward to to get those underway yeah the uh, winter games in Vernon yeah. were canceled yes yeah, yeah. but uh, indications are the summer games will still go ahead so. I hope so yeah. yeah yeah I think that'll be good
1: actually I was when I was feeling the Sun on me today driving in I think how hot the Sun is already yeah it was in yeah. last summer I think I locked myself in the house most <laughs> Almost every day it was so hot, or else I went and sat in the river with a straw.
4: Yeah, with a straw.
1: Yeah, underwater, breathing D- oh, through a
4: straw. I, see. <laughs> I you're drinking from the river or something. There's a reason. Yeah, there's a reason they call it the mud river.
1: There certainly is. You should see our water dishes. Yeah. Um, so. When you say that, um, one of the most exciting events we had here was the Winter Games,
4: the Canada Winter Games. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure.
1: And that was such an eye opener for me about uh, bringing kids from the rest of Canada to our city, and uh, and how impressed they were, and how, of course, one of the most joys I like is seeing the young kids and their potential. Yeah, and uh, and I got to be part of that. I ran with the flame. Well no I I loped no I don't th- I think I lunged <laughs> you,
4: you managed to move the flame a few blocks
1: <laughs> and that was really quite nice too and, and but um I think that's a big deal, and I think the summer games will be a big deal too. Well, it'll
4: be, it'll be big. Not as big as the Canada games, because this is only the provincial, yeah. the BC games. But, uh, w- and we're, we're still reaping the benefits from the, uh, the Canada winter games with the, the different, uh, facilities that got upgraded. Yes. And, uh, being able to host, uh, world-class events at the Ot- Otway Nordic Centre. Yeah. Um, the, uh, curling event that got Cancelled. Oh, that's right. Uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, yeah, and now is uh, supposed to be here in March. Fingers crossed. Yes, uh, World Women's Curling Championship. Yeah, world. that also is wow. a, a big spinoff from that. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was a great uh, benefit, and uh, you know, w- once we get out of this pandemic, we'll be able to reap some of those rewards again.
1: Yeah. Well, I, and I think about uh, people from uh, Quebec and. And uh, St. John's, Newfoundland, and um, coming out here, you know, and having a look, see. And uh, we still have a bit of a, a country way about us up north. Not down there, no, no, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And.
4: Uh, well, small town feel for sure. Yeah. And I think that uh, is somewhat evident in the recent uh, school board by election.
1: Oh, what happened?
4: Uh, well, uh, 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 guy by the name of uh, i forget his first name but mr mahoney
1: uh-huh
4: who, uh, no not todd anyway mahoney was his last name and he uh topped the poll and he's not a put-up politician he's he didn't even work for the school district just a guy off the street that thought things needed to be done differently wow and uh, you know and it obviously resonated with enough people in prince george that it looks like he's the guy. Oh, okay. I haven't heard officially that that is the case. Uh, his numbers, I think, were around two ninety, and second place was around two sixty, yeah. and third place was around two forty or something. So yeah. all in the two hundred and some odd uh, vote range. Uh-huh. But realistically, when your numbers overall are that low it's not that hard to do a recount you're not yeah. talking about oh, thousands oh, that they oh, need to re- recount right a so, recount
1: a well they just election.
4: officially <laughs> yeah do a, an official recount and make sure that the numbers are exactly what you came out with the first time right
1: well i think some of our elected officials were school board members if, if uh, like shirley bond i think yeah was, yeah and the mayor, I think, was uh, yes. Lynn Hall was, yeah. and I thought, is that how you get to move into politics? But maybe Well, not, some eh?
4: people have tried that, and uh, and I and I know I'm pretty sure there were some of the candidates uh, or potential candidates for this uh, by election that were thinking that way. Mm-hmm. But um, that may be. It may have been. Joe Q. Public saying, you know what, we really don't want any more politicians. We just want a guy off the street.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so, that knows what it's like.
4: You well, know. you know, he, he just, uh, I think there's a lot of, in, there are a lot of individuals out there who think um, the school district and the school board, there's a lot of problems there that yeah. aren't being addressed. Yeah. And if you elect an, a politician, well, it'll be They'll handled know. in a yeah. in a political way where, again, a, nothing will necessarily change. Say,
1: what? <laughs> What's that have for? Why are you doing that? And why aren't you doing this? You yeah, have to get the guy off so, the street that doesn't know the and, rules. And
4: uh, the interview we had with uh, Mr. Mahoney last week, he sort of indicated that he wants to ask some tough questions. Good. So, well. We'll see, yeah. uh, you know, whether or not it comes through. Uh, there's a lot of difference. If talking it gets any the talk. answers. <laughs> yeah, the walk, that's It's the sitting thing, right? with a bunch
1: of people. Yeah, but so then, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And so, oh, it looks like uh, we're going to take a break, eh? And no. No?
4: Uh, are we phoning someone oh, or Oh, someone's phoning a us. Call? Yeah, we're expecting yeah, we a call. Because, we can get the right. phone call. We can go right to that interview. Yeah, and, good. Uh, yeah, that's... Uh,
1: that's interesting.
4: Yeah, and the neat thing is, he only has till November. Yeah, right, and then the new, the next election, oh, okay. right?
1: Okay. So
4: he basically has time to go in there and wreak havoc if he wants. Yeah, yeah. And if he wants to continue, That's he can re rerun in November. If not, okay. he can say goodbye. I did oh, my good. work.
1: Thank you, Reg, because I didn't know this stuff. That's why you have to sit with me sometimes. <laughs> so our next guest is here. Judy, is that right? Yes. Okay. Are you there, Renee? I sure am. Oh, hi. Renee Merrifield. I love your last name. It makes me think of a British um, town that has merry fields for the, the chickens and everybody to be in.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I always say it's like a happy meadow. So. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Excellent. It's a very nice name. And I'm just
1: astounded. You're a mother of five children.
3: I am. I am now. I, I. do have a blended family, so I have three of my own, two step kids, but we are twenty six, twenty four, twenty two, and two at twenty. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, uh, tell me who your plastic surgeon is because you look pretty darn good. <laughs> oh, I love you. <laughs> It's time for me to go (laughs) and be made to look so much younger. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole handful of people to, and, and to try to, uh, uh, do politics at the same time. I was talking to, uh, um, Sonia Firstino last week. And, you know, she's just had a, a short little stint at, at doing the green leadership. And I said, Are you quitting? (laughs) She said, No.
3: (laughs) No. No, she's phenomenal. I would be disappointed if she said if she had said anything other than she was gonna continue. Um, but yeah, being I mean, being a mother and being in politics definitely has its uh Has has its challenges, but my kids are older. You know, I like to call them pre-independent. Yes. (laughs) I love to think of them as completely independent, but not totally. Uh, but, But I have a very privileged position, you know, amongst all the candidates in that I have some of the oldest kids. Yes.
1: Oh yeah, you've got people who can hand out flyers and knock on doors.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well. Got your own team. I'd love love it if they do more of that. But, uh, but really it's, uh, nobody's expecting me to be home for dinner. That's what I, that's what I call it. And when I am home for dinner, they can make it as easily as I can, which is great.
1: (laughs) The other thing is that you, um, have 50 staff and a couple of businesses.
3: I do. You know, I don't just have a couple. I have 30, 31 businesses across Western Canada. Um, but again, you know, it's like raising kids, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not kids, but it's teens. And, uh, and, you know, I've poured my, my blood, sweat, tears, leadership knowledge into those individuals over the course of the last 25 years. And they just, they don't need me anymore. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's been a a fairly easy transition to be honest. Um, and, 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 and one that they were eyes wide open. They knew that I felt like I had one more career in me. I was still young. I still, felt like I wanted to, to really give back and serve my community. Um, so they, they're very familiar with who I am in my heart. And, and, uh, and so it wasn't a shock or a surprise to them when I decided to go into politics.
1: Well, have you ever found a husband that can co- cope with you?
3: <laughs> absolutely. So I think it was almost a prerequisite for my uh, for my current spouse. <laughs> he has to be a great cook, and and it is something that we love to do together. Although in the kitchen, he's the alpha. I get to be the sous chef. Oh, so. okay,
1: good. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Because you know, being a a woman who's um, a personality, I would say, um, is pretty hard to keep up with and. And uh, some men aren't too happy about someone as talented as you are, and as ambitious and as determined and committed. I mean, they're, all those words come into my mind when, when I was reading about uh, your accomplishments. I mean, you're, you have industries and companies, but you also do volunteer work. You sit on boards.
3: Absolutely, and you're right. It, you know, I it's. It's who I am, and it would be very different to, you know, to adjust the fabric of who I am within a relationship. Yeah. Um, I am so, so fortunate and so blessed to be in a relationship where he, you know, he is my cheerleader. He is my champion. Yeah. He, he has to stay off social media because it makes him so upset. Yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, but really, you know, he looks at me and, uh, and you know, he shows up at a debate, and and it's, it's pride in his eyes as yeah. he's watching me so it's it's That's definitely nice. something that he supported and um you know when we started on this journey of leadership he you know his his question to me was how can i best support you what do you
4: need oh
1: boy isn't that wonderful to hear yes. you know yes. um it, like um, Shirley bond and and billy were were the oh. same and uh um and i and they were a team also and you have to be yeah. You know, the other partner has to be uh, along with you, or or uh, not in competition. But that's really good. I mean, you're quite amazing. What what's your main uh, business?
3: So um I would say our largest grossing business which is you know in the 60 to 70 million dollars a year uh-huh. um annualized revenue would be our our land development business but then we have two construction teams those would be in the 20 million uh-huh. a year each um and then we have other offshoot businesses like marketing companies and engineering firms and um manufacturing companies uh etc so those are you know those are are smaller we have a yeah. you know a smaller tech company that, uh, you know, just over a million dollars a year in annualized revenue. So it depends on that, but Mm -hmm. you know, also in people, right? Our construction companies are some of our largest companies when it comes to our people power. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you know, we've got, uh, you know, 80, 80 to a hundred uh, different individuals that we employ at any given time. So it's good, it's exciting, and I'm so proud of the work that they are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and uh, yeah, and and this this last couple of years with the pandemic has been difficult. Yes. Um, you know, it's been a constant uh, change in um, in terms of of different you know mm-hmm. different protocols, different mandates, yes. different you know, and and really they've had to be very nimble and very. Respectful. Responsive, when it comes to all that. Oh, healthcare! I should say healthcare. Yes, uh, long-term care is one of our others
1: um, that we're invested oh. we're in. Oh, okay. And you know, when I was listening to you, it sounded to me like you started off with one business, then you saw a need for another business to accompany and support that business, and then so on, so on. It, it's kind of like a practical approach of filling gaps um, uh, that are. That are seen as
3: you go along, and, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gaps and opportunities—we call them, right? Yes. Like, you know, where is the vertical integration that we can that we can achieve, and how do we need to have our supply chain? Where are the knot holes? Yeah, uh, in order to really make it work and make it work for less money, right? So yeah, that ultimately we can deliver costs at less. Um, you know sorry um, products at less cost and
1: so you got to be an MLA in what 2020 uh 2020
3: was it 2020
1: yeah and so you're not a um uh born raised politician you're a businesswoman who knows how to organize and um and be successful and uh and give people a purpose
3: Absolutely. If you, you know, I would say that my expertise comes in being able to take, uh, you know, uh, nothing and turn it into something. Yes. Being able to take an organization and pivot, change, grow. Um, you know, being able to expand. Uh, one of the companies was a nonprofit, but very important in terms of its uh, of its goal, and that was to feed children all the way across Canada. Mm-hmm. You know, we took it from an organization that was just in Quebec, and as I chaired you know, the board, it was like we expanded all the way across North America and actually became one of the largest feeding organizations in all of uh, the world, recognized by the UN um, and the largest indigenous feeding program in the world. So those are those are claims to fame that I I take to heart yeah. because it's not just about business and profit. It's yeah. also about, you know, how are we changing society? How mm-hmm. are we how are we moving the dial forward? Mm-hmm. And the biggest fear for me is not that I'm not realistic. The biggest fear for me is that it could have been better than I could imagine. Yes. You know, and and that's where I think we've limited what can be done in politics because we just say oh no no that's how it's always been done that's how it shall be done forth and it's like no no it doesn't have to be that way yeah and the only reason that it is that way is because we allow it to be yeah and um
1: we're gonna have to take a short break but uh what you just said is don't tell me you know that it can't be changed uh, there's always uh, and change is what I did for a living was help people to change, and I saw how people can change, and that can go into everything. Nothing has to stay um, just waiting to die. Everything can relive and regrow. Uh, we're going to take a short break uh, and then come back and talk about your platform. Ms. Maryfield. <laughs>
4: I love it. I love it. We'll be right back. This is Senior Moments. Learn taking- the Art of Salsa Dance the second and fourth Tuesday of each month at Amanika Art Centre. This drop-in fitness class is offered by donation to ensure accessibility for all. Space is limited, open to all ages with no necessary experience, but you must have proof of vaccination. Take time for some self-care. Salsa Tuesdays, the second and fourth Tuesday evening of each month from 7 to 9 at Omnica Art Centre, 369 Victoria Street. Life Sciences BC is pleased
0: to announce their third annual Career Connect date presented by BioTalent Canada. Career Connect Day helps connect life sciences companies and organizations from across the sector with university and college students, as well as STEM job seekers. Attendees will be able to connect virtually to arrange meetings through the event platform. Registration and full details are available through life lifesciencesbc.ca. Life Sciences BC's Career Connect Day, presented by BioTalent Canada, Friday from 9 to 5, virtually.
4: Explore beading projects and other indigenous crafts with virtual beads and bannock from Two Rivers Gallery. Join Crystal Ben the next two Thursdays at 7 to design a pattern to bead onto your very own custom card holder. Registration and full details are available at Two Rivers Gallery. Beads and Bannock with Crystal Ben featuring beaded card holders the next two Thursdays from 7 to 9 through Two Rivers Gallery where creativity flows in the Canada Games Plaza. Forecast from Environment Canada for today, mainly sunny, wind up to 15K, a high of minus 8, with a wind chill to minus 13. Tonight, partly cloudy, wind continuing, a low of minus 12, with a wind chill to minus 16. On Wednesday, a mix of sun and cloud, becoming cloudy in the afternoon, with wind from the southeast at 20, and a 60% chance of flurries, a high of minus 4, with an afternoon wind chill to minus 12. Brought to you in part by Riverbend Seniors Community on ninety three point one CFIS FM. This is Senior Moments.
1: Okay, Sharon, we're back on again with our guest, uh, and probably I didn't introduce Renee pro- properly. Renee Merrifield, MLA for Colona uh, Mission Area, elected in twenty twenty, and is go- is and has entered into the leadership race for the Liberal Party. See, I know all that. I should have told everybody. <laughs> 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 because I really want people to know you. When I when I was reading about you, I thought, oh, my goodness, we need to have a practical, strong woman. Um, and the other thing I wanted to tell you, I just was talking to Prince George Community Foundation, and in their statistics, they say that in Prince George, one of five children are living in poverty. And one-third um, of the food bank users in Prince George are children. The other thing is the um, Prince George has more um, than double the indigenous population, 15%, to that of Canada or B.C., and 6% of B.C. is indigenous population and thir- uh, third is that we have a higher proportion of people with less than a high school education or no post-secondary education than elsewhere in BC or Canada that's
3: yeah. Prince George Yeah, and I think that we need to have a leader that can actually understand how those are connected. Yes. One of the things that uh, we researched a lot at the Breakfast Club of Canada was how those poverty rates, those children going hungry actually affects their education. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had some McGill researchers that took a look at schools that we had gone into for breakfast. Not lunch, where you know there's quite a few lunch programs, but breakfast because kids then are eager to get to school. Yes, they want to get there, yeah. and uh, and we provide this club atmosphere where it's, it's non-discriminatory. It you know it provides food for whoever wants it, mm-hmm. and um, and in doing so, truancy rates went down, graduation rates went up. We saw uh, the average grades go up. Mm -hmm. We saw incredible results from from what would happen to schools over the course of a decade um, uh, with having a feeding program. So it's understanding this and then having government actually be willing to fund it. Mm -hmm. Because also, you know, what happens when kids live in poverty? They become adults. Mm-hmm. And those adults have have opportunities for worse outcomes as well. So mm-hmm. it's something that we need to we need to work with, especially with our youth. So devastating statistics, devastating statistics, and something I would work on on um, wholeheartedly. Yes,
1: yeah, because um, um, that's our future, and uh, how can we not take care of our future? Well, how many people take care of the future, Renee? Uh, most mm-hmm. people live for the moment and don't think about uh, what's going to happen 7 years from now or 7 well, generations from now
3: yeah and you're and you're right and politics lives for the now mm-hmm. right like it's it's politics isn't living for the future politics isn't living for no. what our healthcare system needs in mm-hmm. 5 years and 10 years and mm-hmm. 15 years you know, it's not living for what our infrastructure needs in 10 years, 20 years. It's not living for, you know, for how we need to eradicate homelessness yes. and and deal with mental health. Mm-hmm. You know, it's we need to be, you know, supporting all youth with mental health support today in order for them not to become, you know, the mental ill of tomorrow. Yeah. And when you think about um,
1: our prison here in Prince George's, I think 87 percent. Indigenous people and you think about alcoholism and post traumatic stress disorder and, um, and the um, drug addiction the effects of fetal alcohol um, it shouldn't that be a treatment center instead of a prison? How can you punish people who for not having had breakfast for not being um, in a home that is loving. And, uh, yeah, I'm with you. We we really do have to look at it. The one thing is it was socreds then NDP, and then Liberals who shut down um, the...
3: Riverview.
1: Yeah, Riverview and Essendale and 4,000 yeah. people in there, 22,000 staff, and uh, the promise was those people would have supports wherever they went, and it didn't happen.
3: You're so right. You're so right. And you know what? We need to take we need to take part of that blame. Yeah. Um, and it was under the BC Liberals the that we did that. Yeah. And Campbell. I would I would eradicate it. I would eradicate homelessness. I would revolutionize how we deal with mentally ill and mental health. And I would do so looking at other jurisdictions that have been successful. So, again, yes. that pragmatic approach, uh, outcomes, outcomes driven, where we look at Portugal, Portugal yes. has double our population. Yeah. They they twinned the system, going from a justice system and a and a, a criminal system to a treatment system and a health care and a full full retraining and a reintegration program back into society. Mm-hmm. And they looked at it, and and as they studied it, the new system cost sixty percent less than yeah. the old one. Yes. We absolutely need this system, and it does provide complex, involuntary treatment for those that are not able to take care of themselves anymore. And just like we wouldn't with, with an Alzheimer's patient, put them on the street and say, best of luck to you. Yep. We should not be doing that with any anyone that is suffering with mental illness.
1: No, no, and I mean they're hanging around out here, and I always stop and talk to them and ask them what they need, um, because I was sitting on a, a board when they decided to uh, um, close down Essendale, and uh, the promise was that each person would be uh, housed in a community organization near their home, which never happened. Never happened. It was a lie, an out and out lie. And so these people are all on the streets and uh, being taken advantage of and out in the cold. Uh, it's also wrong. Um, the other part of, uh, uh, was harm reduction. Now, I'm trained in, um, in absolute, uh, um, sobriety. That's my training in working with addictions and, and drugs. That the goal is sobriety. And now we have harm reduction. And the harm reduction model would work if they would uh, do what they promised, which is surround services. But the-
3: Absolutely. And and the Portugal model does have that decriminalization and safe supply and harm reduction. Mm-hmm. But it is coupled with the uh, involuntary treatment. Yes. rehabilitation, and reintegration. They have training opportunities for jobs. They have yes. a government-supported jobs. They have government-supported education. They are absolutely holistically um, treated. And we have so much municipal buy-in. It's a mistake for us to not seize this opportunity. And and why do the municipalities have buy-ins? Mm-hmm. Well, the number one line item on a municipality's budget is RCMP or police. Yeah. And the Second is the firefighters. Yes. 65% of all policing calls today are mental health related, regardless yes. of what jurisdiction you're in. 45% of all fire are mental health related. If we took care of that aspect with a, with this comprehensive uh, treatment, we could actually give back to municipalities that amount of dollars. Yes. Uh, and do we know it's successful? Well, this year to date, BC, with our five point you know four million in population, we've had seventeen hundred and eighty-two deaths. Portugal, with double the population, twelve or sorry, just under eleven million people, yeah. has had twenty-six. Yeah. You yeah. tell me which system is working.
1: Yeah, come on. And okay. if it can be done over there it can be done here there's just takes the will and you know like I'm just getting to be um, uh, a whiny bee you know because I I don't leave it alone because I keep bringing up about how we did care for these people um, and like Mike um uh, Mike said the other day uh, why did we why didn't we just fire the people who were abusive why did we close down the buildings and yeah. part of that problem was they started h- hiring administrators to run that those places instead of psychiatrists, and you can't run um, even a hospital with administrator. You've got to have, have somebody who knows about health.
3: Yeah, I, I met with a couple of nurses from Riverview. Oh, did you? And, uh, and they talked about how it was a family, how it was community, yeah. how the you know how it was so missed. Um, Mischaracterized by the outside world, yeah, it was. that that people who had worked in the gardens. It wasn't slave labor. They were so proud of the carrots and potatoes that they had harvested that day, and that was being served, you know, to to their friends and and to their "quote unquote" family. And and both of them, with tears streaming down their faces, talked to me about the closing down of their of their respective wings, and 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 how they they poured people that nobody came to get them into these taxis and sent them off to the downtown east side to be dropped off, and. They were just sobbing by the end of it, and neither had returned to nursing after these horrific experiences. But they talked about it as community. And I think that's what we need to focus on, is how do we build community, Mm -hmm. positive, dignified community for our mentally ill? That's what we need to focus on, and it's possible. It is possible. Because other jurisdictions have
1: done it. Um, And uh, we've probably got about eight minutes left, and I know, like you have... um, Really, lots of interests. You, uh, you've been having a little pro, in, in, not problem, in a discussion with health, the Minister of Health, uh, about the way COVID was uh, handled. Um, I don't know about COVID. I don't know about, um, I don't think anybody knows what they're really doing, but I well follow science. <laughs> 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 and, and I think, uh, um, and then the the press gets after you. This is what kind of made me kind of angry. You state an opinion, and or your support of a comment by someone, and you get attacked.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, my campaign manager said. That he always knew it was harder for women in politics, but he never understood how hard it actually was until he experienced it. And uh, and it's been very interesting because you're right. Like I was the first one uh, to really to really question. I wouldn't even say criticize. I would say question uh-huh. Minister Minister Dixon the handling of COVID. And when I was questioning things, you know, I'm 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 doing things like advocating for rapid tests. Yeah. asking for better data and open and transparent data yeah. um, you know i'm asking for better distributed vaccinations uh, through our pharmacies and through our physicians and you know i'm looking to keep people safe and to help keeping keep people safe and advocating for these aspects and uh and you know the moment i talked about anything preventative which was you know, yes. on CTV News last last Friday on Mainstream, and he basically <laughs> went through the entire list that I'd used in terms of whether it's take your vitamins or whether it's get outside or be healthy or, oh yes, you know, vitamin or make D. sure you're active <laughs> and eat good food. like. Yep. You know, I, yeah, I, I get ac- accused of, of going up against Dr. Henry, yeah. and, uh, you know, he's lauded as a family physician in Toronto. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, I it's been curious for me to see it. There's been a lot of, I would say, vindication. Uh-huh. Um, and some of, And some of that controversy, honestly, I will have the biggest outpouring of emails just saying, thank you. Like, thank you yes. for asking a question that we're all thinking about, or thank you for advocating yes. for us. You know, if you look at December eighth of twenty twenty, so a year and a bit ago, yeah, I, I stood up for the very first, the very first day in the new session, and said, "Where are the rapid tests, Minister Dix?" and You know, I am still asking that question. Where are the rapid tests? Yeah. Uh, You know, we should be able to to keep each other safe. Yes. With with this empowerment and this personal responsibility. And instead, we've got things that are not working. Yes. And Omicron instead is spreading. And I, I just wish that we allowed the science. To which it always does, yes, it changes the more we learn yes it and does. the more we know, and so we should be evolving forward
1: yes, we should be, and i I mean, I wanted my friend who 's eighty six to have a rapid t- test because she's very you know um, she has a, a blood disorder that's quite serious and she has to have people come in her house to help her and she was showing symptoms of, of uh, this and that and she couldn't get one and she needs she's in a um, not quite in a wheelchair but she can't go out and down the street and to go get one and this exactly. this is a senior they need to be looked after they're the builders of our province Absolutely. and uh, uh, so with four minutes is there something that's really Besides all this other passionate stuff you're talking about, (laughs) is there (laughs) something really important that you want to say? Because I've really enjoyed this conversation.
3: Oh, I did as well, Sharon. Thank you so much. Um, and, And what I would say is that it is possible. You know, we can do this. And that same optimistic hope that built the West in terms of, you know, those that came out, first, like my grandparents and my great-grandparents and built what we know today as British Columbia. And and that same spirit still exists inside of us. That entrepreneurial, can-do, opportunity, desire for prosperity, but my fear is that we have lost it in some of our youth. Yes. They don't see it anymore. So, uh, you know, a vote for me is a vote to re-inspire, is, yes. to, is to actually get back to that and to reinvigorate that. And, you know, I'll leave that with, with that question, with what if it could turn out better yep. than we can imagine? Yes. How do we keep that hope? And, and I would say that that's a vote for me.
1: Yes, and I really appreciate meeting you, and uh, thank you for giving us some time to get to know you. And you have a are you in the debate tonight?
3: Yes, debate tonight. It's on Global. Uh Um, They are are hosting it. It's also on uh, the YouTube page for the BC Liberals as well as their Facebook page.
1: So I want everybody to watch the debate and see a mother of five who runs a whole pile of businesses and has a lot of common sense. Uh, thank you. I love it. You're hired. Thanks. Uh, I do want to work with you when you get in there. <laughs> I love it. I would love it. Uh, uh, Anytime. Yeah, best of luck tonight. Thank
3: you. You too. Uh, thanks so much for having me.
1: Oh, thank you. And so this Cheers. is Senior Moments, and uh, I hope you've enjoyed uh, our show today. we still got a minute, Sharon. And uh, I hope everybody's taking care of themselves and staying safe. Um uh, these uh, qu- quick tests are something that I'm, I'm hoping that we can get uh, pretty soon because especially the seniors um, need to Thanks for calling in for the seniors needs to take care of themselves yeah, and be able to have freedom. company and yet do the quick test when the yeah. company comes in. Um, I think tonight is uh, the final debate for the leadership of the Liberal Party. We've had a few of the people who are running on and uh, they've all had, uh, uh, something great about them. But, uh, Renee, like this is a powerful woman. Um, this she is, the certainly first, is first time I've, I've met her or talked to her and I did research her, was surprised at, uh, the power that she's gotten. You know, I think when people, when, a, People attack strong women. It's women. It's because uh, my ex-husband said people are afraid of you. (laughs) They are. They're scared of women, (laughs) and and he was too. So uh, watch the debate. See who you think. uh, uh, And if you're a member, make sure you're registered and you can vote. And let's find out uh, who's going to be the leader of the Liberal Party tonight. Thanks right. for listening. Tune in next week and take care of yourselves so and stay safe. This is Senior Moments.
0: Senior Moments is a co-production of 93.1 CFISFM and the Prince George Council of Seniors. Senior Moments is produced by Sharon Heard with production assistance from AJ Fair. Theme music is courtesy of Golf Brooks Music. Catch the rebroadcast of today's show, tonight at 9, or replay past shows through the podcast at CFISFM.ca.
4: You're listening to CFISFM Prince George, a not-for-profit community radio station broadcast.